listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Jeff. Uh, it's uh, good to be chatting with you yet again uh, on another fun-filled episode of The Cooler Ring. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I mean, uh, we're we're always really interested in uh, e-commerce, and our uh, guest today is is a veteran, so I'm stoked to hear his perspective. Yeah, I think a lot, look, uh, nothing could be pretty much more on topic these days uh, than um, um, e-com uh, transformation in in B two B. Certainly, have been accelerated over the last uh, um, a number of months, and um, I think a lot of people heading into it. Uh, are, are are really for the first you know uh, being exposed to ecom for the first time uh so i i'm uh excited to get some kind of uh i guess battle attested advice from the trenches as it were <laughs> and there, there's always things to learn about this uh, you can't find a bigger hairier kind of project than an e-commerce project you know if it's being born of on the web yeah um so there's always uh, there, there's a lot of warts and, and wrinkles to uh, to work through. Well, let's uh, see if we can work through some of them. All right, sounds good. So joining us today is Chris Rice. Chris is the director of e-commerce sales and marketing. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Chris. Hey guys, good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you guys. This will be fun. Yeah, Chris, it's uh, really good to have you on the show. And um, and uh, I really should just note that you're you, know, you have a long experience in um, in, in manufacturing marketing, having led. Uh, a number of kind of e-commerce business transformations over the years. So I'm really uh, excited to have the benefit of your experience on the show today. Yeah, thanks. You know, I've got um, I've worked with a lot of uh, electronics manufacturers in the past, and started from building the actual website that was just going to be like a catalog to building it into an e-commerce, and then moving to other places and doing even more e-commerce, and, and then um, you know partnerships in that sense, and then uh just recently was working with a company starting up a completely new uh e-commerce site for a primarily b2b company um and i think it 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 was it was a really big company transformation i think you know there's a lot to be learned and a lot to know as you go into something like that so i'm i'm here to let you know all the the warts and wrinkles as you were saying jeff (laughs) we're gonna peek around all of the dark corners as it were good I think we can find a lot of metaphors for this if we look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't have to look too hard. I guess. Um, well, let's um, let's just uh, right off the top. I mean, in some ways, I, I think we're just going to talk through a bit of your top five uh, must-dos for getting uh, ecom underway at a B two B company. And I feel that this is all being very much delivered with the benefit of hindsight. So, in some ways, we could probably easily title it. Uh, the top five things that I wish I knew when I started, um, but yeah, let's. Uh, so 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 I, I guess let's just go through them and and and, and speak through each one. So the, the first one that you mentioned to us in our in our our pre-show dialogue was this requirement to to really get logistics planning and warehousing teams in on the action and on the on the same page. Uh, talk to me about exactly what you're speaking of there. Yeah, so you know, this is one of the things I think people, when they hear the word e-commerce and they've not done it before, they they think, well, okay, we, we can we can support that. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You know, we already do 
you know, truckloads of, of inventory going out and we do all these other pieces, you know, tracking, um, no, no problem. Right. But then I think what needs to happen is you really need to have a really down to earth conversation, like bring them down to the ground level of what's going to be happening. And sometimes those people will be very shocked in terms of what you're asking them to do or asking them to transform. Uh, for instance, uh, I was going through and for the first time doing a direct to consumer type of, of site on e-commerce with the company at first. And I said, um, so we need to have the ability to ship eaches. And they said, yeah, we already do eaches. And I was, I, I was like, wait, I'd heard we didn't do eaches yet. And they're like, yeah, we ship, you know, one case at a time. Uh, and I said, no, 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 no. I mean like one individual piece out of the case at a time. And they all looked at me cross-eyed, thought I was insane. They're like, we can't do that. Our systems won't do that. Not going to happen. We can't order that way. We can't plan that way. We can't ship out that way. And that was really when I realized that the difficulty I was going to have in trying to make sure that I had everybody aligned, but also not just aligning, but calming their nerves a little bit. When they hear something that's totally out of the box, you have to give them kind of the assurance that you're going to walk through step by step and make sure everything's okay. And usually they come around and actually it's kind of, it's good for them when they see that it's going to be kind of crazy, but you're there to support them through it and then let them know that in the end, it'll be a fun project because you're going to be doing something totally new and it'll kind of break up the whole monotony of what you've been doing in the past. And needs to be an experience that you're going to have together and work, work through it. But that's really like kind of what I was saying, like that you got to have a, a real kumbaya with everybody and get them on board. Man, it sounds like there's some secret sauce in the middle of that. How do you move uh, those folks from saying we can't to uh, we just haven't figured it out yet and get them on board? I mean, is it just as easy as having the conversation or do you have any special tips along that path? You know, I, I kind of came into it as I'm going to tear off the bandaid and tell them what I'm expecting, but then come back to but we can do this and I've done it before and it's not as difficult and I know there's ways to do it. We just have to be, you know, we just have to work together through it. I think if you tell them you just want them to do it, uh, that makes them nervous because they don't have any competency in it and they don't want to fail, right? Which nobody wants to fail. Um, and so I think if you can, that's why I put in, you know, in, in my in my notes, I have logistics planning and warehousing because all of them need to know that they're all in it together. Otherwise, they're going to think they're on an island. So it was kind of bring them all together and have the conversation at once, kind of rip the bandaid off, but then also, you know, talk to each people's, you know, th their responsibilities and their role in the process. And then, you know, take on some heavy lifting yourself. It helps them kind of build that trust that you're not going to just force them to do something they don't know how to do. The uh, I can't help but think that this uh, point is connected to your next one around um, seeking a, a really that one dedicated uh, rock star, if you will, to be in charge of the e-com warehouse inventory pick and pack process. Um, I guess how did you go about finding that person and, and, and tell me precisely what you had them in charge of? Sure. So when I was working, so one of my best partners in this transformation was, was our warehousing manager um, who oversaw all the warehouses in, in the area where we were at, um, like all the Northeast corridor. Um, and he and I worked really hard and I said, listen, I'm going to need somebody to run the warehouse from day one. It's going to be one person 
initially just to kind of get things set up. Then you can start building a team off of that. But I need that one person that I can lean on really heavily. And what they need to do is they need to be able to organize the inventory. They need to protect the inventory, which is that'll lead me to another point later. Um, and they need to really be be willing and open to, um, you know, really being a team player with regards to a totally new way of doing business. So we actually, I asked him, let's hire somebody from outside the company because I need somebody with a mindset that isn't what the company is thinking right now. It needs to be somebody who's either done it really before or has done something very similar in terms of a pick and pack process. Cause that's the, that's the key sauce to really making it, uh, you know, for us, it was, direct to consumer. So it was really important that the presentation was right, but also that mistakes aren't made, that orders aren't messed up because that's really where the e-commerce thing goes sideways. Um, if you don't have somebody who's in charge to really make it uh, seamless, make it a customer service experience almost every time they take a package and put it off to UPS or USPS, uh, you know, that that's just super, super important. So you need really one person you can really lean on to be uh, almost the touch, the last touch point between you and the customer. Did you find that all that having this person, um, you know, on the logistics end was also really helpful in terms of, uh, you know, getting the C-suite on board? Like, look, you know, don't worry about the logistics side. We've got Bob over here. He's got it covered. Was that, was that useful or, or did you even really talk about that when kind of presenting this to the higher ups? Uh, first of all, it's funny you said Bob because his name was actually Rob, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. One one letter off, but um, you know he was really key, and I think uh, it, to your point, we would take we took the president and the CEO of the company through the warehouse after we'd set everything up, and to have somebody who's got a really go getter attitude, who's got a really you know great demeanor and really willing to take on lots of things, um, but also not seem stressed out and not seem worried about things. It, it's really sets that person that's in charge at ease knowing, I think we've got somebody here who is going to be the last person to touch the product and they're calm and relaxed and they can do this and they feel comfortable. That means that it's trickling down the right way. I think definitely a big factor in terms of trust and making sure it, it takes off the right way. And what's the, I mean, we all know that the magnitude of an e-commerce build is significant, you know, not just the the web portion and the and the back-end software portion, but what, you know, in your experience, how big of an investment is the um, getting the warehouse ready, getting the getting that side ready? Is it equivalent to what you might spend kind of getting the technical resources in order, or is it larger, smaller? in some ways larger um, because it takes a, uh, it's a big decision, right? Um, once you've put, if you start with the e-commerce side of things, it's basically just uh, software and, and, and things like that, right? It's not physical pieces yet, right? Once you start ordering inventory and start putting stuff in a warehouse, that's real. It's, it's a serious commitment because it's not just going to disappear if you want to turn a switch, right? It stays where you put it. Um, unless you move it or get rid of it. So I think that's when the reality really hits everybody where you're at and what you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I think to, to your point that for me, for me, that was probably the, the biggest uh, thing to really, to really get people to invest in and really, and, and 
by investing, I mean monetarily, but also I think just a resource uh, perspective. It it becomes a, a big a big piece of of what you're doing when you actually get that stuff physically in a warehouse. So yeah. I, uh, I, I love the, uh, the, the honesty in that, uh, that statement, just like, you know, once you get this stuff, like once it's physically here, then you need to deal with it. And that's a commitment. I mean, it just, uh, it brought it home. It was very visual to me. So thank you yeah. for that. I just, sure. You know, in addition to that, you have to, um, you have to account for it and, and you have to, um, have, have the back end processing associated with, um, uh, the e-commerce environment that you've deployed. And, and one of your big pieces of advice here is that you kind of have, have to have that um, 100% connected out from the onset, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I guess, uh, now, is that a, a bit of a once bitten, twice shy and having tried to uh, stage that type of uh, deployment? Or uh, I guess, what, what informs that? Yes, that is definitely a, a burned you know, once not going to get burned again, kind of situation. Um, it was, uh, you know, going in, I had to make some concessions, you know, when that first line I was talking about logistics, planning, warehousing, and even it, I would include in some of those aspects as well. It was like, look, we're not spending the resources to put together our entire ERP connected to your website. It's too much resources, too expensive, and it's too complicated. Um, and so I said, okay, we'll do it in a manual process kind of push things around and and then we started doing some data feeds and the amount of hours that i spent trying to reconcile inventory sales um promotions sales tax uh shipping costs shipping uh like sales of actual shipping from customers it was mind-boggling and I can just say the best thing you should do is push to get everything connected 100%. If, you, if you're a larger company, requires that you have an ERP system in place to transmit sales information, inventory information, get it all connected at one time. Do whatever you can to do that before you launch the site. Because if you don't, you're going to run into so many reconciliation problems with, with, with finance, uh, you know, your your IT department trying to reconcile sales. It's just a bear that you don't want to deal with. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Yeah, I'm, actually, it's, it's interesting. I was, uh, I'm working with a, a marketer now who uh, is leading an e-com initiative. And, uh, and uh, it, it was a question whether or not accounting and finance was going to come come along for the ride and uh so it's just it's, it's interesting to hear your commentary uh through the lens of uh, of her experience um and it's it's funny because i th- i do think sometimes you know a lot of marketers will say well okay then we're, we're just going to deal with it and then we'll we'll fix it later um and it's not hard to tell that they're not the people who are in charge of the actual money <laughs> yeah but i mean at the same time you know like it's uh I, I admire that at least it gets it done. Like it starts the process and then creates the pain. 
but man, it does, a, it creates a lot of pain and, uh, and it can just be avoided if people just recognize the importance out of the gate. I think it, it could deep six the entire thing. If that, if it fails, you know, once products start going out the door, if we can't stay on top of it and, you know, we know that the integration of an ERP is going to be a significant technical hurdle in most cases of integrating with e-com. So if you start without it, plugging it in, isn't something that's going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's right. I, I think that's, you know, I, I felt like there was going to be concessions somewhere, but I think I should have realized that that would not be the one that I should have taken. So hmm. uh, that's great advice. It's great advice. The next piece of advice that you offer is uh, one that you alluded to earlier in the conversation around e-commerce inventory mm-hmm. and the requirement to treat it separately. So uh, this is threaded through the ERP conversation as well, I suppose, for that matter. But uh, I guess to talk to me about that. Yeah. So this is a piece. Um, so a lot of times when you're going to start an e-commerce site, obviously you're going to take inventory from uh, regular, you know, sales, you know, either direct to your, um, to, to let's say a, a larger, you know, corporation that you're selling to, if you're doing B2B sales, whatever it is, you need to kind of quarantine off. That's kind of bad use of terms right now, but you need to section off your e-commerce inventory and leave it alone and not let anyone touch it. And this was actually one where I had been bitten in a previous situation and decided that I was going to do, you know, you know, hell or high water. I needed to save this inventory, not let anyone touch it. Um, And so I really took the inventory in, guarded it and literally would not let anyone take it. The ERP system didn't even recognize it. I told them we're not going to show it as anything that they can touch. I made it um, I made IT basically say, when the inventory goes into this virtual warehouse for e-commerce, no one can touch it unless they've gotten approval from one of us um, it, on the e-commerce team. Because I felt like it's so important. A lot of times they're very short-sighted in the, the view of the inventory. Because e-commerce is a totally different way of selling. It's you know it's small pieces at a time. Um, and if you're selling, you're, you're sending out huge truckloads, maybe three, four truckloads of, of goods to a, to a customer. Um, and you're like, well, I've got, you know, I got about six or seven pallets that are sitting in that e-commerce warehouse. I'll just take it. They're not using it. It's they've had it there for like two months, three months, you know, forget it. I'll take it. But if you, if they do that, they don't realize that basically e-commerce is like one of their customers. Um, and you have to think of yourself as the end customer, just like they're thinking of the person they're shipping their, for truckloads to as their end customer. Um, I don't know if that makes sense in how I explained it, but I think it's super important to try to change that mindset and just hold your inventory. Well, and it recognizes, of course, the importance of um, uh, having actually having inventory as part of that cons- customer experience that you're trying to create, getting a B2B organization to think um, from uh, think about it through that from that from that side. Um, I guess would maybe be a muscle they haven't flexed. Right. Right. And I think that's the part is that they're not used to seeing inventory sit in their warehouse for maybe three, four, five months and dwindling down little piece by little piece. They just want to get rid of the whole lot at one time and then shift in a whole another another point. Well, that has to be a, uh, you know, it, it it certainly is a mindset shift and it, it means also establishing probably very different KPIs on what success looks like in terms of, uh, you know, volume of sales and number of shipments and all of those kinds of things. Um, how much work were you doing 
once the ecom platform was up and running to communicate the the level and degree of success well i mean that's always a a difficult thing to to communicate with folks because i think once you're starting something off you have to really level expectations in terms of a what are you expecting and what can we deliver and then how are we delivering on those expectations and what's the time frame for everything um it can be sometimes uh you know difficult conversations um to say hey we we the person you're speaking to the president whoever it is that we have these expectations that you said we were going to meet um and you have to really level set them you know what those time frames are and, and what what to expect with it so i think it's it's also your your fifth point about this is kind of turning it in the other direction and looking you know outward and customer facing and you know you're you're uh suggesting that you need to have a really great customer service rep and i'm assuming that that this is entirely so that you can you know have get good reviews get you know all of the things that you need in order to be successful in e-commerce kind of they, they start and stop at the customer's impression and experience and if there's a problem um you know this can be one of your most important people probably as much of a rock star as the person you have in uh, in logistics wouldn't you say yeah um so this was a this is a piece that I think is super important, especially when you're talking with B two B. B two B customer service is basically a that they're processing orders. If there's a problem, it's usually an order wide problem. Like a, hey, we had a truckload that that was late, didn't get delivered on time, so now we're not going to pay you this, or you know the payment came in, uh, the invoice came in two days after the month, so we're not paying until that you know whatever it is. The, those problems are usually order based, right? Um, Customer service with an e-commerce site is usually um, it's a product, it's product information. It's really knowing the product. It's really understanding like how to describe, uh, you know, the use the uses of the product. Even if you're talking a B two B situation, um, you need that customer service rep to be more uh, friendly and knowledgeable on in terms of the product, but also be able to then have different conversations uh, than normal customer service for like truckloads of, of product. Somebody who can just sit sit down and have a conversation with somebody and talk them through why they should purchase these products and what the product offering, uh, why it's better, why it's good, you know, how it can fit their needs. I think that's really important. It's interesting to think that the, yeah, the, the, uh, the kind of the type of service that's being delivered and the types of problems they're addressing are just fundamentally different. So you can't just hand over this new uh, B2C customer service experience management over to the folks that do it on the B2B side because they just don't think about those things in the same way. I love that that description of order-wide problems versus product-based information problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of times a B2B company has a whole sales force that's interacting with their customers who are the buyers, right? The buyers that are purchasing the product. But when it comes to e-commerce, you're talking directly to that buyer. So your customer service rep needs to be almost trained as like a sales person almost to talk them through the product, to understand the product and kind of the benefits of the product. And even cross sell them or, or show them, hey, you know what that product you're asking for? It's good, but we have a better one. And you know maybe it's cheaper or maybe it's just easier to use in your situation. Let's talk over that product. It really has to be a different type of customer service rep than you're probably going to have in a regular B two B type of, of situation. 
Are you fine? Did you find that you needed to pull them from a different place? Like maybe they're not just coming from, you know, your, your account managers and BDRs, but you're actually hiring specifically for that role. If you can do that, that's ideal. Absolutely. Uh, that was another, uh, piece that we didn't push on too hard that I think in hindsight would have wanted to push on harder. That's fantastic perspective. And, and Chris, I just thank you so much for, for sharing uh, your experience today. I, I love that we've just had a, uh, a fairly extensive conversation about must-dos in creating an e-com environment, and none of them had to do with the actual digital side of it really at all. Like We didn't talk once about building the site, um, which for you know, guys that talk a lot about building websites, it's kind of refreshing. Well, we can do that again another time. I'm more than happy to. It's <laughs> a whole other story. Yeah, we might we may just take you up on that. Well, thanks so much uh, for uh, for joining the cool ring today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Carmen, Jeff, thanks for having me. It was, a, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.